Hello, welcome to Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug. I'm a nerd. This is my vomit. I'm joined by my stalwart companion, which is the same thing I say on No Applause, which means it will not stick on this episode or this show in general, uh, with my co-vomiting nerd, Christina. And as we discussed... Go ahead, say it. What up, nerds? There you go. Uh, the only show that was talking about boob sizes of one of the hosts, and it wasn't Christina. No, we've already talked about mine at one point on one show. We were uh, out there discussing my sloppy man tits, and uh, I happened to jiggle them for her, and then I... <laughs> there we go. That took me 44, five, 40, 45, 42... I can't talk. Oh, wait, you Because we're not going to... I know, I know we want to fall down this rabbit hole. Uh... You know, there's that line from uh, Meet the Parents where like, could you milk oh me? God. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Gaylord Fokker could milk me. Oh so, my God. You just uh, need to stop. <laughs> well, you're going to, you're going to end up killing me on air. I don't, yeah, you're going to have like some kind of weird <laughs> snort aneurysm. Like a, a snort stroke. Oh, Jesus. I don't even know what the <laughs> fucking segue off of this. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, man. Like, let's just oh my pick God. up from where we left off last week. So we didn't talk oh. about that I had read uh, House of X slash Powers of X. But yeah. We call it House of X for all intents and purposes. Uh, but know that Powers of X is also interchangeable. Yes. Is that the one that had the giant timeline? Yes. That you showed me? Yes. So basically... Jonathan Hickman, uh, great writer. Um, I got into him when uh, a then-girlfriend got into um, a comic called The Nightly News, I think it was called. Uh, that was a really like crazy, intelligent, subversive, um, really cool piece of comic. Um, I don't remember who did the art, but the art was really slick. Um, and you know, I feel bad that I'm, I'm not coming up with the artist, but do check out uh, Nightly News by Jonathan Hickman. Um, it was one of those that Charlotte got into it. I'm okay name dropping her. Uh, my ex Charlotte got into it just based on um, the cover, the art, and then the story grabbed her and she's like, are you not reading this? And I'm like, no, which is kind of cool because, you know, bringing a girlfriend into a comic book store, one, you have the reaction of all the other guys at the comic book store going, girl! Yeah. Um, it's that scene from Euro Trip where all the naked guys are chasing after um, Michelle Trachtenberg, and they're like Chica, Chica. Um, it's in Spain or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were like lady parts in a comic book store. I have the vapors. Um, apparently, all the people that work there were Southern Bells. Sorry, but anyway, um, but it was cool because she had like a not comic nerd like look on things yeah so she would pick up these like, like off the wall or like underground like indie comics um that I would have never thought we'd even look at because I'm like not that I, I don't have a problem against indie comics I read Scud the Disposable Assassin we talked about that yeah. weeks ago but you know that like I probably wouldn't have gotten a nightly news just because it kind of was white noise on the newsstand so to speak um and I was there to pick up my copies of I don't know Ultimate Spider-Man and yeah, whatever of uh, the ninety millionth DC reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Jonathan Hickman and reboots, so basically Hickman has not only streamlined 
but kind of created a uh, springboard into new readers getting into X-Men, something that hasn't happened since 1992. Wow. Yes. I, I was a wee little one back then. I was not, and I was getting into X-Men, because that was the Chris Claremont and Jim Lee run that will, I mean, it, it's legendary. Um, but that was the first time kind of the X-Men were kind of like reinvented and like got to be like, oh, if you're not an X-Men fan, you don't need to know like literally 80 years of continuity. Yeah. Like, it's not a new team. Like, in a, you know, whatever, Wolverine and Cyclops yeah. and Storm. But it's when like you could pick up and you don't know, have to know everything and from going, them. Oh, they're new villains. Yeah, like they're new villains and X-Men. Uh, I'm okay for right now. Um, and I was okay back then as well. But this like, I haven't read X-Men in a dog's age. Um, it just got too continuity heavy. Yeah. Um, I couldn't keep track. The story started sucking. Uh, Chuck Austin started writing X-Men, and I'm very okay calling him out because his run is known to be complete and utter shite, uh, which it was. Um, and I just, you know, they had like a character called Maggot who had two sentient maggots as his guts, and they could like eat matter and give him super strength. Like, huh. what a weird... Like, his mutant power was having two giant insects as intestines. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, and he had, like... That Joker laugh on helium in the background I apologize for. Oh, he didn't even hear it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I... The sound of him laughing and you snorting is just like an engine seizing up when the alternator is out. It's like... Stop turning the key. It's not going to start. It's broken. Your laughs are broken. You're laughing wrong. You're all laughing wrong. I know my laugh is broken. Um, but anyway, the timeline you're talking about, because uh, they basically reintroduce uh, Krakoa, the living island, which is like a... Island apparently, mm -hmm. uh, it becomes the uh, city, city nation or like nation state of all mutants. Uh, n no humans are allowed there outside of like some ambassadors and only like previous um, vetting. Because I can't think of the word approval was the word I was yeah. looking for. Uh, but any mutant can go. Uh, wow. It doesn't matter. It, complete amnesty. Like Sabretooth is there, um, who's a murderer, uh, and ends up murdering people. And that gets into a thing like, what is what they start building mutant laws. Mm -hmm. um, it's recognized by the UN. Um, it's basically run by uh, I think it's called the Silent Council, which is made up of like Mister Sinister, Mystique, uh, Professor X, who's now walking around with a a walking. Um, apparently, his consciousness is in Phantom X's body. Now, you look at me like, <laughs> hey, you hell? know what that means, and two, yeah, like, what the hell does that mean? Phantom X, I'm not going to get into it. That's part of the continuity that, like, I is so deep that, like, I was like, oh, okay, I mean, I don't know who Phantom X is. Yeah. I wasn't aware that he, like, died or gave his body to Professor X. But X, as he's now called, is walking around with a big, like, fuck-off Cerebro helmet um, that absorbs all mutant um, psyches and stores them, uh, which then finding five mutants that, when put together, can pretty much stop death. Wow. And then Professor X can, or X, can load the, um, the backup, like, um, mines into them. So basically they've defeated death as yeah. long as they're fast enough. 
So there's yeah. no death for mutants anymore. Yeah, um, that's insane. They can move through like weird like vegetable portals. I'll call them. Um, it's Krakoa um, made portals. Yeah. Um, and uh, an apocalypse is there, and apocalypse is a good guy now, I guess. Um, but yeah, the the big twist. One of the big twists was that we find out Myra McTaggart uh, is a mutant. Uh, and she really can't be sensed by other mutants except for Destiny, who's what's called a precog, precognitive, can see yeah. the future. Uh, and you find out that Myra McTaggart, or, well, they call her Myra X by the end of it. Um, basically, her power is reincarnation. As long as she dies after she's, excuse me, after she's 13 and her powers manifest, she's reincarnated in the womb, sentient with all of her previous life experiences. So she actually has, like, 18 fucking doctorates has met Professor X five times has joined up Mag- uh, yeah joined Magneto at one point joined Apocalypse uh, become radicalized and more radicalized and more radicalized and just knows all this shit now um, that timeline please google Myra X timeline so there's no way I'll be able to truly describe it but it shows like all these like major life events as they happen kind of concurrently with all yeah. the other like timeline lifelines um and they leave out uh, incarnation number six. Yeah, and I remember. I'm that. not going to spoil it, but when you find out lifeline number six, it's mind breaking. Mind breaking. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'll spoil a little bit about it. She's survived over a thousand years by taking um, blood transfusions from Wolverine. Okay. So it keeps I could her alive and young. And then when they finally figure out how to. Stop the um, phalanx from basically the end of the world in a thousand years. That's when um, they get this file. Long story short, uh, and Wolverine killed her, sending her once again back all the way to like yeah. 1970, whatever, whenever she was born. Um, or I guess it'd be the 60s. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it turns into a whole like. If the phalanx ascend, then they can stop her. So they're going to shoot her off world so that she can't die and come back and stop them. But then, of course, Wolverine kills her. Um, it's, it's fucking... It's, it, it's sponkers. It's sponkers. Yeah. Um, it's a great um, relaunch of kind of like the concept of the X-Men. Um, now that like Professor X and Magneto and Apocalypse have like joined as like mutant leaders, which yeah. would have never happened in the 90s. No. Um, uh, and uh, I haven't gotten the the kind of the like start of the ongoing. It's called Dawn of X, and right now the storyline sort of X, where different mutants have different swords to fight the evil Krakoa's population that have swords or something. Once again, like it's very high concept. Um, I'm making it sound stupid, but apparently it's very good. I'll just wait till it's all in graphic novel trade paperback yeah. format, and then I'll jam on it. But House of X uh, slash Power of X just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Every step of the way. And every step has a payoff for the most part. Um, It's just, it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Every fifth page I either had to reread a line of dialogue or look at the background of the art or go like, what is happening? That they're running four concurrent storylines, which is um, X-Men Year One, X-Men Year 10, X-Men Year 100, and X-Men Year 1000. Okay. Um, and it's just... 
having to read all of that like as they jump back and forth and one informs the other and you find out like that like the year 100 was like the war with like human machine supremacy and it ends up like how that uh, you know sets up the the end of the war um between the mutants that leads into like year 1000 with the ascendancy and like pretty much singularity with the phalanx which is like a machine hive alien yeah. machine hive mind uh, once again i'm not gonna get super deep into it you can google most of the stuff you'll be confused as hell uh, as I'm sure Christina is. She's looking at me like a she's bit, really yeah. interested, but I've dropped a lot of, like, nerd bombs, and it's, like, fucking Dresden style, where you're just like, what is happening? But you're good at that. Yes, I am. Um, speaking of not knowing what's happening... Ooh, we'll jump to this. Oh, I like this. Speaking of not knowing what's happening, you watched Fight Club. I did, finally, for, like, the first time ever. The movie only came out in, like, 1996, um, Again, I was a wee little tyke back no, then. No, it was... Was it 96? What keep, What were your initial thoughts while this up? Uh, well, for one, the imbalance between speaking and sound effects, but that's most movies at this point. 99. But, it was 99. Yeah, I was still pretty young. Uh, well, it was interesting. It was the, the, the biggest part for me was the very ending. When you find out that... Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden is just his other personality. Well, it's it's a modern Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Effectively. Um, But at the end when he's all confused, like, where is he? Like, where did he go? He's like, what? And then to find out that it, you know, flashes back to the very beginning when he's sitting in the chair in the building with the gun in his mouth. And they go back... You're not holding the gun. I'm holding the gun. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, all of the, like, the meta flashback humor where... The very beginning when you hear uh, Ed Norton go with the gun in his mouth. Yeah. And then it jumps, like when you finally get back to that point, he goes, I still can't think of anything. And Todd Green goes, cute, flashback humor. Because the whole movie's been a flashback yeah. up to that point. Um, then he just shoots the gun and blows out half of his face. He does. Um, finally releasing him from Tyler Durden, or so you think. Yep. Because um, I say we were talking off air, and I guess there's... Yeah. Graphic novel or comic? Graphic novels, comics. There's yeah, but for... at, at this point, trade paperbacks. Okay. What they're called the collections of the issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chuck Palnick did Fight Club two uh, and three. Um, if you're interested, I'll let you borrow both. Um, two kind of expands on the idea that. Well, hold on. Let me, let me do this chronologically. Nope. Screw that. Um, Two kind of expands on like what Tyler Durden is as a concept, and mm-hmm. basically he's kind of a mind virus um, that he's been in the narrator's family like since the narrator's father and even before that. Okay. Uh, and at this point in Fight Club 2, the narrator and um, Marla have a kid, which will be like Tyler's next kind of like possession, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, of course, narrator wants to stop that because he knows how bad. Um, uh, Tyler Durden fucked up his life. Um, it was overly meta. That would be my one thing. Like, just know that walking in. Yeah. That I think Chuck Palnick went into comics, and it was really cool that he went into comics. But he went, oh, there's like no rules, no budget. Like, you know, I we can do whatever we want. Um, yeah. That's, you know, explosives and. 
cast and all the special I wasn't also expecting it to go from just a simple fight club all over and to expand to, to all Project over, Mayhem. Yeah, then like fight clubs all over the pretty much the country yeah. and the world. We're going to get into, into Mayhem, Project Mayhem and then First your project mayhem if you don't ask questions. And then Robert Robert was the guy. Robert Paulson. Yeah. His name is Robert Paulson. He comes back in the second one. His head is like blown out. He comes back in the second one. Yeah. What? Okay. It doesn't make any fucking sense and kind of gets better explained in the third one. The third one is great. The third one, I think, Polnick figured out like because oh, I kind of overcorrected being into comics and he went like. He went super meta in two with like Chuck Palnick's in Fight Club 2. Yeah. Um, I don't want to ruin the ending, but. You can for me, it's okay. Uh, well, um, that, yeah, Palnick kills. Or no, I'm sorry, uh, Tyler Durden kills Chuck Palnick in a second. It's dumb. It's super dumb. Um, I, I've never liked writers in their own writing. Um, I think it's a very yeah. double edged sword. I think it's a very. I think Grant Morrison pulled it off. I think Stephen King push comes a shove, I would say, pulled it off. But like the end of the Dark Tower series was awful anyway. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anyone else that like who they put like the writer like the writer puts himself into it. I did it with Black Falls, our one of our podcasts. Yeah. Once again, listen to Black Falls. Uh, new season ends uh, next week. Or a season seven finale. It's next week. This week, actually, when you hear this, um, I did it, but I did it very like not like slyly, but like very quietly. It was like there's a flash of someone at a coffee shop writing. Yeah. I don't necessarily say it's me, um, but writers that put themselves into stuff, it's it's twitchy. Yeah. And the way Palnick did it in Fight Club Two, it just didn't work. Um, but the third one makes up for it uh, when you find out kind of the higher purpose of Tyler Durden. Yeah. That I will not spoil. Um, I want to talk about a few of the differences between Fight Club, the book, and then the movie. The movie. Um, there are a few things that you're going to be like, wait, what? Should have been in the movie. Um, and then I, I kind of want to delve a little deep into Fight Club because I've written like papers in college about it. Yeah. Um, and I have a, I have a very interesting yes, uh, very interesting look at it. So, so I had to create an edit point just based on drink orders. But so they changed a few things from the Fight Club book to the Fight Club movie. The three big ones are where the fat comes from, because in the movie they steal from the liposuction clinic. I know they steal fat. When they make the soap. Uh, I missed that part. What do you mean you missed that part? When they steal bags of fat from the liposuction clinic to make soap? Yeah. And then Tyler gives the narrator the, like, kiss scar? Okay, I did remember that part. Just missed that other part. Okay, so <laughs> cool. Could have skipped the edit point and kept talking since I didn't know that happened. Which... Just okay. stop looking at me way, so dumbfounded so and disappointed in, in and get on movie, with it. They steal the bags of fat from a liposuction clinic. There's a line uh, that I read says where he says, um, we're selling uh, rich women's fat asses back to them um, as soap. 
in the uh, the comic in the novel it's I think Marla Singer's mom keeps getting liposuction and sending her the fat so that Marla can do like like lipo injection okay um and that's like where the fat comes from is they keep like basically not blackmailing but like deceiving Marla's mom into like sending more and more fat um I don't quite remember the ethical issues of that but yeah um two uh how tyler and the narrator meet is you find that out in a flashback in the book that on vacation the narrator is on a beach and he sees tyler like setting up these like like logs in the sand like upright yeah because in the movie he met him on the plane yeah and in the book is the same but then you find out that the narrator before that just didn't recognize him. Okay. And it's, Tyler's this person setting up, like, logs in the sand. And it's because at just the right moment, you can sit in the middle of the logs and it looks like a, an open, like, palm holding him. Okay. An open hand and he's sitting in the palm. And he goes, wow, that's really cool. And Tyler says something like, it just goes to show that, like, nothing is perfect. Like, only, like, one moment. Like, in the, on like on this day at this exact moment, this is perfect. Everything else isn't. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, which kind of seeds into the whole like their meeting is like the perfect moment. When yeah. They meet again on the plane. Perfect moment. Like it was the time that you know it's the exact time that Tyler needs or the narrator needs to meet Tyler over and over yeah. to create Fight Club and then Project Mayhem and then. Whatever they call it in um, in Fight Club Two, I think it's called like Rise Up or something, um, which is kind of the militaristic version of Project Mayhem. Uh, lastly, the ending, which you see the narrator shoot himself through, and the, the buildings go exploding. Yeah, and he says, "You've met me at a really interesting time in my life." In yeah. the old times of Marla, the Pixies play awesome song. Uh, was not on the actual original soundtrack. For whatever reason, they could get it in the movie, which is where it's my head by the Pixies. Yeah. Um, off of uh, Surfer Rosa. I might be a Pixies fan. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, but uh, in the book, it ends with like yeah, him shooting himself like through the face, um, freeing himself of Tyler Durden. He ends up in an insane asylum, and he's like finally. I'm free, there's no Tyler, there's no Project Mayhem, like, I'm in a room by myself, and, like, one of the orderlies comes in, and they go, we're looking forward to, like, working with you again, sir. And he realizes that he'll never be free of what... He created and what he did. he created what Tyler created. Um, He'll never be free. So it's a very kind of depressing ending. Um, It's not not as, like, you know, oh, you might have been a really interesting time in my life, and We've created a new world, so to speak. Yeah. Um, the world that Tyler dreams of with leather clothes they'll never need to replace or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, yeah, you remember that, but not where the fact comes from. Uh, but yeah, like it's... Don't judge my selective brain. So, I, I have a very interesting outlook on Fight Club. Um, and I'm wondering what you got out of it. Uh, was it just about fighting? Was it like what? What was your take on it? Like, what was your, what's your kind of take overall on Fight Club? Um, I didn't really think about that after the movie. Okay. So I don't really can't really give an, a, a good opinion. 
Because the message is obviously, one, anti, anti-corporate. Yeah, actually, I did see that one in there. Uh, anti, you know, sexual, um, being uh, sexually objectified. Where yeah. at one point they're on the bus and they see the, the male, the supermodel, the underwear model. He goes, yeah. is that what a real man looks like? Um, self-improvement is, ma- yeah. is masturbation, they say. Um, my thing was that I to get I don't want to get like super sad and deep on this, but it I'll We're already I'll, there. I'll, 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 I'll pull this out of a no side. Don't worry. So my parents divorced when I was very young. I don't remember them ever being married. I was basically raised by my mom. Your mom is awesome. She is. I'm not disparaging that at all. No, I'm just saying she's um, awesome. But there's that part when they're talking and once again, I don't know if you remember it or not. When they're in the bathroom and he goes, oh, like, I graduated high school and I called my dad and said, like, what do I do now? Go to college. What do I do now? Get married. What do I do now? And they're talking about, like, basically the narrator's father, but yeah. Tyler's father as well. And he goes, I don't want to get married. I'm a 35-year-old boy. And he goes, we're a generation of men raised by women, and I don't think another one's the answer. To me, this is a movie about regaining your masculinity when you've been raised to be a feminine. Yeah. Or maybe not feminine, so to speak, but that you're more... Aware. You don't have that that male role model. Um, So it's just something that... You know, I I fully understood. I'm sorry, I'm going to end up yelling by the end of this episode. Um, and it, it's just one thing, like, we're a generation of men raised by women, and I felt that in my bones, in my soul, in my soul bones. Um, so I think you would feel that more than, like, I would have. Yes, and I think a lot of ladies went, oh, it's anti-religion, it's anti-consumerism, it's anti-corporate, it's anti uh, it's misogynistic. They just keep blowing off Marla Singer. Yeah. Um, Love the actress. I just oh, don't it's uh, Helena name. Helena Bonham Carter. Thank you. The the former uh, the former Tim Burton. Because she's in like everything Tim Burton. Yeah, and like, she was like, also in Harry Potter. Yeah, she was. Uh, Bellatrix the Strange. Strange. Mm-hmm. Who then gets uh, popped by uh, what's his name? The awful awful last name. Come on, think of his last name because it's a horrible last name. Oh my god. The best part is that actor ended up super hot. Yes, oh my god. Uh, It was Neville Longbottom. That's it, Neville Longbottom. Um, I think he's. Dad's a snake too, right? Uh, the basilisk, or like no, no, no the snake, the uh, I think so, Nagiri or whatever. Yeah, which I think is the sushi, so I don't think that's right. But um, anyway, we're we're gonna start speeding up, I think, a little bit. Yeah, it's um, getting a little loud in here. But uh, your final thoughts on Fight Club? Did you like it? I did. I would probably watch it again. Like you know, I did watch it at work. It was on one of the overnight shifts, but I'd rather watch it again somewhere where it's quieter. I can have the sound focus. up, yeah, and I can focus. It, it rewards rewatchings. Um, 
it, I did watch it after I'd finished everything at work, so that way I could watch it. But, you know, watching it like 2 in the morning when you're half asleep at the dead. It got blasted by the critics. Really? Uh, it was a, a flop. And this I thought it was pretty like, good. This seems to become like a cult iconic movie. Yeah. Um, it ended, Rule one, you don't fight a, talk about Fight Club. Rule two, you don't talk but, about yeah, Fight like Club. Everything you can say, like, uh, rule one of nerd vomit is, uh, I don't know, you don't you vomit. Don't, rule two is you don't yeah. vomit, like that whole thing. Oh, some even breaking rule one and two, like when they start laughing. Yeah. Um, I still do love uh, rule eight. If it's your first... Is it first fight? First if, time we hear? First time? If, if it's your first time at Fight Club, you have to fight. Yep. I was going to get the uh, the rules tattooed on my back and have Chuck Palahniuk sign it, but then he bowed out. Um, Chuck's a great guy. So, anyway, uh, as I name drop. Uh, Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, the new expansion is phenomenal. I am so happy that I am playing a Spider-Man that's got web-swinging, electric fists, and invisibility. Do they have the pigeons, like the first one? Oh, that was a shit setup. <laughs> I was, know, I'm was, sorry. I, I, I see what you were doing there, but it didn't work. No, because um, I didn't realize you were going to have such a long, like, little... Yes, they do uh, reference the pigeon hunting side mission uh, on the first Spider-Man game, which Miles Morales said, once I beat it, I might go back to, like, I, I might replay Spider-Man because it's just so fucking fun. It's the closest I'm ever going to get to being a Spider-Man. I don't care if it's Peter Parker, Miles Morales. It's the same with like the Arkham games yeah. of Batman where it's like, that's the closest I'm going to get to you know, being Batman with half my parents alive. Oh, that was sad and weird. Yeah. Um, super fun. Uh, new suits, new suit mods. Yes, they reference the pigeons. Apparently... From what I'm to gather from the uh, in-game like um, tracking log, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not forgetting what they actually call that, but uh, benchmarks. Okay. Apparently, I'm gonna have to chase a cat, and if it's a cat I'm thinking of that I've already met in the game, the cat's name is Spider-Man as well. So you're gonna have to go chase down Spider-Man. I saved the bodega owner's cat, Spider-Man. And there's a like side mission that I saw, like just reference. I haven't unlocked it yet. Said like yeah. sending cats out of the bag or whatever, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to chase a fucking cat. Yeah. So now my or question- more pigeons. They could do that. And it yeah. Would be- that would be fun. But it might be easier. I was going to ask, like, since you did play Spider-Man, now you're playing the Miles Morales version, are there any commands that have changed since, you know, the first game and now this DLC? You've gotten really good at leading questions. Uh, I have learned from the master. Mm. So yes, um, in terms of the woo, in terms of the woo, uh, I think it's a Wu Tang album. A Wu Tang album. You can laugh; it's fine. I'm fine. Modest too. So anyway, um, some days in the original Spider-Man game, he had like suit powers, I guess you call them. Yeah. Um, That when you push, when you push. When you push, Jesus Christ, I'm falling <laughs> apart. When you push L3, R3, or the joystick down, I don't yeah. know what it is on. Oh, no, it's a Sony exclusive, so L3, R3. Uh, he, it triggers the power. Well, I had him on like, like a spinning web bomb. That would slow me down because I would get like excited chasing pigeons and push them both on down. On accident. And then like, I'm like, oh, I just lost 
like five oh, seconds of like yeah. chasing them. Uh, Miles Morales' uh, suit mods are a lot better. His suit mods are like, um, takes longer for enemies to see you if you're in stealth, um, take uh, less damage, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot more practical. Yeah. Um, and I don't, really don't use, I've got, I've unlocked three out of four of the web gadgets. Okay. And I barely use the web gadgets. Uh, they have one where like you summon holographic dr- solid light like holographic drones uh, little yeah well it looks like precious dummies actually um, to like fight for you there's like a gravity bomb that's I, I would imagine self-explanatory um, creates a, or they're called gravity wells so still self-explanatory draws everyone together makes them vulnerable yeah actual web shooters and then something uh, oh, uh, remote mine I hate using remote mines in games that's just me I never play some right Okay. I always shoot him like up, like up towards the guy, and then the guy immediately starts moving, and I'm like, like away from the mine. And I'm like, no, you're supposed to walk towards. Fuck. Yeah. So I don't like remote mines, but whatever. Um, the mechanics are, but the web swinging, web swinging or slinging mechanics are just as fun uh, from the original Spider-Man. It just it, it made me nostalgic, uh, reminiscent even. Of yeah. how fun the original game was, and the new mechanics with venom blasts and camouflage, which I just unlocked, becoming invisible, and not having that special move anymore, and not having yeah the the like the suit mo- this that like power like power, suit power or whatever they called it yeah um it just makes the game that much more enjoyable. I still randomly crawl up walls and I'm trying to swing by them. Like the cornering mechanic is yeah. so twitchy, um, but I'm loving it. I'm, I, it says I'm 30% through, but I think it's because I've been running nothing but side missions yeah. lately. Uh, I found most of the underground's tech stash, so I think, and that's like 29 out of 35 of them. Oh wow! So yeah, I think when it says like I'm 30% through the game, it just means like shit I found. Yeah. Because um, I even even started hunting down the uh, the time capsules. Because the character's a fucking nerd, and he has a bunch of time capsules around the city like a nerd would. Uh, like yeah, you I'm would? Yeah, I'm not nerds. No, God, no. I ain't got the time for fucking time capsules. <laughs> you never get the time for that. Um, let's... Uh, I want to slam through something real quick. Yeah. You don't need to have an opinion of it whatsoever, Christina, if you don't want to. Uh, I watched Superman, Men of Tomorrow. I'm finally starting to get through my movie-watching folder. That's on, a very on, deep on, folder. It is on Doug+. Plus. Um... Doug Deep is my poor name. Anyway. Um, oh, you had to go zen on that one. Um, it was all right. It reintroduced the kind of the new universe yeah. post-Flashpoint. Um, I didn't like that they made Parasite absorb so much power he became Godzilla and or the creature from Cloverfield. Took me a second to get there. He became like a giant... Like monster, and they're like, no, but it's humanity still in there. Like yeah. it was stupid. Uh, it was paint by numbers. Literally, my note says paint by numbers. I mean, it's a Superman fucking thing where it's like, uh, there's do like, this, do that. There's this Lex is. Luthor. There's Kryptonite. There's uh, you know a giant monster that yeah. only he can take on because he's an alien. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it's a new universe. I'll be interested to see what they do past this. Um, in terms of Flash, Aquaman, you know, the, basically the members of the Justice League. 
Um, now that we're in the, a new universe, yeah. yet again with the DC animated an, uh, animated universe. Lastly, speaking of the universes, uh, Mandalorian. Yes. Has brought in. I wouldn't say different universes, but continuity in the universe that I didn't expect yeah. to see. I didn't either. On like you know, we were talking off air that you know. If you'd watched the animated Clone Wars and the Rebels, you would know some of what was explained in this episode. Or you had, like, fan-favorite characters. Yeah. Or... But, like, those of us, like you and I, who didn't watch those are, like... Yeah, I I didn't either, so it didn't... That's more vomit than nerd for us. Yeah. I can't keep up with everything Star Wars. Like, for a while there, it was like... Well, and, like, even when I was growing up, there was different... There was, like, Clone Wars, and it kept going and going and and going, and then... Yeah, it was, like, six... And then Rebels, and I was just like, I can't, I can't. There's too much. It's yeah. Um, someone said like, yeah, they they talked about like, having Katie Sankoff come back as uh, Bo-Katan, who's apparently the Mandalorian like great uniter. Um, apparently she the had, redhead in the episode, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, played by Katie Sackhoff. She okay. was on Battlestar Galactica. She, she also had on, that like paint on her Mandalorian helmet. Yes. Like the tribal... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying, like, I'm the leader and... She was also on the Flash, which I was trying to get at. Um, well, I'm sorry to interrupt that. Um, she played uh, Amunet Black. But anyway. Um, nerd. Yes, you are, Doug. I am. Uh, but seeing, like, Bogotan come come in, I was like, okay, some chick with fucking, like, you know... Yeah. Uh, not candy corn. What do you like? Uh, cotton candy hair. Um, and a couple of the, of the Mandalorians were there like, oh yeah, like, what we know as Mando or Din Jin or whatever his yeah. name is, um, Mando, the Mandalorian for fuck's sake, uh, that he was basically found slash abducted by like the military extremist group of Death Watch. Yeah. Which... Which is, that, that comes to conclude that there's like two different fractions of Mandalorians, but that, as you said, is explained in Rebels. It's explained in Rebels, and I think to some small extent um, at the end of Clone Wars. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna nutshell it. Yeah. Basically, the Mandalorians were feared, feared warriors. They eventually evolved, to, not evolved, but like their society. Yeah, changed, changed to follow. To, to be like pacifists. Um, so the Empire took them over. And then that created a civil war. Is that when you got Boba Fett and the clones? No, is that somebody else? I don't know. Okay. But that's when uh, Bogotana kind of rose up and said, like, no, we want to kick out the Empire but still remain pacifist. Whereas there was Death Watch, which was like, we want to, of course... Get the like stay underground and then but like, we want to go back to like that like tribalistic like warrior. you don't remove your helmet you you live by the creed this and, is the way yeah this is this the way this is the way I'm sorry my favorite part in that whole episode was just baby Yoda in the background on the side he, he didn't do that much I know but he was just he found a sense of life he did uh, in the universe one of my favorite parts was when he ordered him the clam chowder and that little face loving octopus like attacked him it was a face it was a nod alien obviously yeah and he you know Mando just ripped it off and threw it back in the soup and baby O just looked at the clam chowder and then looked at him like are you gonna you're gonna make me eat this I love that he said don't play with your food when the food was playing with him yeah so to speak um this one had Basically, all the like nerd freakouts that we should have had and didn't. Yeah. Um, it had Bo-Katan, um, more of the Mandalorian mythology, 
But I think we would have if we had watched Rebels and yeah, had those like, backstories. I would be like, oh, like, like I knew, I knew Boba Fett was going to pop up. Like, yeah. Well, I didn't know when he was going to pop up, but I knew he was going to be in yeah. it. Yeah. And that made me excited when I was like, oh shit, like fucking Boba motherfucking Fett. Yeah. And His I'm backpacks not jets. Oh, yeah. that was one of the songs I was supposed to play. Yep. Well, and then I'm interested too to see what the black. Black Saber, Black Blade. Black Saber. Yeah, the, that whole Dark thing. Dark Saber? Dark Saber? No, it's Black. I think it's Black African Saber. African American Saber? <laughs> if you want to be political. Mandalor forever. <laughs> Ooh, that was nerdiest. That fuck. was. I, I applaud you on that one, Doug. I want to wrap up on, like, I want to, like. Just do it, do it. Just. Uh, Ahsoka Tano is going to be introduced. Yep, uh, of Ahsoka. course, played by, um. Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the mouth noise on that one. And we'll see. I, it, it just, they're building, they're just expanding on the universe. And I love that um, that Favreau and some of the other writers, directors, yeah. um, have such a love for the mythology that they go, okay, we're going to, we're going to pass stuff from Clone Wars and Rebels yeah. and Return of the Jedi and stuff you didn't see between Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, that's going to be canon. So, um, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I'm very excited. Especially having no real emotional connection to Rebels and Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, that these characters, to me, seem new. Um, yeah, to me, they're I, completely I think, new, and I'm like, I think it's a what? blessing and a curse. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's, you know, it's a curse where... You, you It was explained previously in a side story, like, called The Eve of Rebels. Yeah. But I go, oh, I don't, I don't quite know. I, but I, then I, there's I, other people, like, you know, us who didn't watch that, who are like, oh, these are new. What is this? But then this is like squeal broke Twitter yeah. when, you know, uh, Bogotan got, you know, her yeah. live action, you know, appearance. So, um, I'm sorry, one of my other things I'm going to touch on when you said, um, you know, discovering life and everything was Baby Yoda playing with the little tadpole frog. And not eating it. Yeah, but then when Mando went to pick him up, like, all right, time to go, he's like, no, and like cries, like, no, I don't want to leave yet. I want to play like with it more. one of those frogs he eats in that village thing. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't get canceled for just being a gluttonous I frog. know. Stupid cancelings. Mandalore forever! If you like what you heard, check some of our other shows out like Exotic Liability, Nerd Vomit, Black Falls, and I Hate Kathy Hammond. We can be found by searching for The BACN on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, or at www.bacnpodcast.com. Oh, yeah.